0: saying for like an idiom for that feeling the nails on the chalkboard Mm -hmm. the feeling you get the
1: squidgy feeling
0: squidgy that's pretty good i think we should all start saying like oh my skeleton tried to jump out of my body (laughs) oh i like that i think that's what we should
1: is that what happens when you hear nails on a chalkboard
0: i think i think so oh okay so that's the saying that everyone should start saying my skeleton tried to jump out of my body
1: you heard it here folks it
0: sounds like one of those things from a different language that gets translated over and you're like, yeah, okay, I get it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Although the English ones don't make a lot of sense either. Drive me up the wall, knuckle sandwich.
1: No wonder people have such a hard time learning English. Like we just make no sense most of the time.
0: Most of the time, that's true. But we're going to make lots of sense today on a brand new episode of I Love This, You Should Do.
1: I love this too. What? Do you? What? This. What podcast? It's all right. <laughs> I love it.
0: My name is Indy Not easily impressed randawa <laughs> and with me is Samantha, the number one fan. He's
1: Woo! number one.
0: You're our number one fan. Yeah, you might be. Although you don't even listen to them all. Well, Sam, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm working from home this week, which is very nice. So I got to be in the same room as you and not talk to you pretty much all day.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We're like a real married couple. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We're practicing for marriage. Um, How are you, Indy? Did you have a nice day?
0: Meh. You know, I'm just doing my thing. Editing podcasts and...
1: Playing baseball?
0: Watching One Car Y movies. Oh, yeah. But today... We are each going to have a spoiler-free review for our things of the week, and then I get to pick the next movie and I'll be telling Samantha all about that at the end of the show.
1: I'm excited. Your movies are always really interesting and I feel like I learn things when I watch them.
0: Oh, that's like the best compliment I could ever get.
1: <laughs> um, what do you what do you like when I put movies forward?
0: Now, see, there's a couple different things. <laughs> But the worst thing I like is I do kind of enjoy it when one of your movies is very bad and explain why it's very bad. And then you're like, yeah, it was very bad. (laughs) I don't like ruining it for you. But I do like convincing people of things.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: I was about to say I like when you bring a movie to me that I haven't seen. And I'm pleasantly surprised about how good it was. But when was the last one of those? Bring it on. And that was about like two and a half years ago? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's been a few other ones. I can't think of them now, but they're out there. I just like seeing different movies and getting different people's takes on them. So that's always fun.
1: That's fair. And I I have bad taste, historically bad taste. So that's fine. That's what makes this podcast so fun.
0: Wait, you have a history of having bad taste or like in the grand scheme of Earth's history, you are notorious for having bad taste. You have like historically bad taste.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, in the grand scheme of this podcast, I have bad taste. Okay,
0: maybe. I'm pretty great
1: otherwise.
0: (laughs) That's what I hear. Yeah. That's what your business card says. I'm pretty great otherwise
1: (laughs) (laughs) so indy it's your week to bring us a movie so will you tell us what your thing of the week is
0: so my thing of the week for the third time is yrca books oh so the yrca i've been over this on the podcast a few times before
1: this might be your third round of yrca it is yeah
0: it's the Young Readers' Choice Awards. Mm-hmm. So that is a award that is nominated and voted on by children. Their novels, and it takes place in the United States and Canada in the kind of Pacific Northwest region here in Edmonton. We are included in that. And at the Edmonton Public Library, we have a big push for kids to read these books and then vote on them. So every year there are 24 books that are nominated, 8 in each of the categories. We just got in the winners for the previous year is a weird year because well everything was very weird. So it ended up lasting a little longer. Did you read any of them this year?
1: oh god this year has been like seven years long so i'm honestly not even sure
0: that's true i was looking at the ones and i was like wait a minute that was two years ago but no it was all this year and uh time has no meaning
1: honestly i'm not even sure if i read any of them but i'll tell you when you when you tell me about them
0: so for the junior division the winner was small spaces by katherine arden and i have no problem with this one actually um it's a fun bit book for younger readers. It's a kind of spooky one. Mm. And I enjoy scary things that are targeted at younger audiences, like that really fun, innocent level of horror. Yeah. Where in this one, it's like um, scarecrows get up and chase them around and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So I like that one. So I'm not even going to argue with that winning. Inkling was in there as well. And Sweep, both of those were quite good as well. But the intermediate division this year is where all the good books were. Usually, this is where all the worst books are because it's kind of the. Actually, intermediate's probably more like junior high ish. And as you know, junior high kids are kind of the worst, and a lot of the times their books are kind of the worst. True. But this year, there were so many good ones, and unfortunately, none of those good ones won. Of course not. The winner was City of Ghosts by Victoria Schwab, and I read it, I thought it was kind of junk. Hmm. There was there was a ghost in it, so that was fun. But it was uh, pretty bad, especially when there were so many really good ones. Starting with uh, No Fixed Address by Susan Nielsen. It's written from the point of view of a young boy who is experiencing homelessness, and it's very Canadian because they're always going to like no frills and things like that. (laughs) I love it. And it was just such a innocent take on this. It wasn't trying to push an agenda so hard, but you can definitely see the points that they're making. There's also one called The Truth as Told by Mason Buttle. This won a bunch of other awards, but for some reason did not get a lot of traction for the YRCA. It's a really beautiful story of um, this boy... And a lot of the times when we depict someone who is not doing well in school or has some sort of learning disability, you don't get a lot of characterization to them. You just have like that thing, that disability, Mm -hmm. that's them. But this is told by that child, and it's just a really fully fleshed out character, and you get to uh, share in on the hardships and the things that he's going through. It's a very good book. It's an easy read for kids, so I definitely recommend that one. Darius the Great is not okay by Adib Karam, is is a fantastic book about a boy coming to terms with his uh, who he is in so many different ways. I I don't want to spoil it more than that, so I'll just say it's very good. Mm. But my pick out of all of those was the Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo, and she is a like spoken word poet. And I think this is her first novel? I'm not sure if it's her first, but I've read a few of them now. And this one was great. It's written in poetry. And if you get the audiobook version of this one, the author reads it. And that adds a lot to it. It's about a kind of high school age woman who is... I think this is kind of a through line through a lot of these ones, but just getting comfortable being who she is. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a very celebratory and uh, empowering novel, I guess, is how I could sum it up without going into it too much. But The Poet X would be my pick from all of the intermediate books, but there's a bunch of other good ones in there as well. Then in the senior division, the winner was Five Feet Apart by Rachel Lippincott, and that one is pretty popular with high school kids, I think, because they made a movie about it, and it starred, what's his name, Jughead from Riverdale, that guy?
1: Yeah, I saw that movie. I didn't read the book.
0: Oh, how was the movie?
1: It was um, very sad. Okay. Um, I watched it uh, when I was away this summer, and uh, yeah, there was some crying all around (laughs) Uh, But it was it was pretty good. It was a it was an interesting story um, because it's about two teenagers who have the same disease and thus can't be close to each other. And so they have a teenager romance and uh, and they struggle with not being able to like even touch each other.
0: Yeah. And she's super cautious and is living her whole life sheltered. But he's a rebel and he's out there and he's wild and he awakens something in her. So it's fine I guess um I know it's like just important to have different points of view and these people uh, have uh, cystic fibrosis and it's a whole world that I know very little about so it was good as an insight to that I don't think it was a particularly great book but I have nothing against it it ended up winning kids love it I think my pick out of the senior ones would either be Children of Blood and Bone that one has a great premise but it drags a lot So I think my pick would be Sadie by Courtney Summers and she's a Canadian author and this one is another one that's great to read as an audiobook because the premise of this novel is it's following this case of a missing girl and as you and I both know there's so many podcasts about like a missing person and they follow along with it and When we listen to so many things like that, and I know lots of people are just really into true crime, I've kind of stepped away because I've found myself almost getting desensitized to so many things. And I think that's a real issue with people who are just consuming so much true crime. And they're like, oh, great. Did you see that part? They're talking about when they cut her tongue out. That was great, huh? And I think you kind of get removed from the actual people of it. Yeah. So this novel is almost a remedy of that because it flips back and forth between this podcast which is written down in the book or you can listen to it and it's kind of produced like a podcast so that's why i recommend it as an audiobook as well but it flips from that to the actual story of what happened so you have the reporter who's doing the podcast making assumptions like all investigators and reporters have to do based on the evidence they have Mm -hmm. oh this is probably what happened she must have done this And it's all the things we've heard many, many times before in cases of, uh, especially with Missing Girls. Right. And I'm not saying that they blame her, but they kind of suggest that it was her choices that led to this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But then this book juxtaposes those with the actual story and you get to see what really happened. Of course, this is all a uh, fictional case but you kind of then go back and think about your own assumptions and how you look at true crime or cases of missing people and the assumptions we make because you're actually getting to hear her side of things as well. So I think uh, Sadie is my pick for the senior division. Cool. And we have a bunch more. There are 24 new books coming out for (laughs) the, I guess it would be 2022 list for Whoa. the yrca i'll put a link to in the show notes where you can view all of those and get them from your local library
1: but 2022 is like five years away right so something like that so it's, i have lots of time to read
0: it may have already happened I, it, it uh, might have
1: already happened it might be really far away it might be tomorrow might be both time has no meaning
0: time's a flat circle man
1: <laughs> yeah yeah always a flat circle
0: So I guess all of those are my things of the week and just uh, kids reading books. Maybe that's my thing of the week. Samantha, what's your thing of the week?
1: thank you for asking indy
0: that's uh literally what i'm here for
1: (laughs) i was trying to be like polite and conversational
0: oh but we don't do that on this no
1: you're right well
0: you try i try to like lean into being a jerk because that's kind of like my podcast thing
1: (laughs) i don't think you're a jerk i think you're a nice guy
0: well you know me outside of the podcast but on the podcast a little bit
1: of a jerk sometimes yeah thank you Um, so my thing of the week is something that we've been watching together because we are literally never apart.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's (laughs) very true. It's
1: the last like two months. It's been very hard for me to find things of the week because I've either been watching series or it's taking me forever to listen to whatever book i'm listening to so i don't want to talk about it in the podcast yet and it's just it's been very hard for me to try and find things of the week hence my previous things of the week of non-alcoholic beer <laughs>
0: <laughs> and just whatever show we've and been just watching
1: whatever show we've been watching so in the spirit of whatever show we've been watching we've been watching buzzfeed unsolved on amazon prime video and this is one of my classic I come in and watch half an episode and then say, we should watch this together and then you're not allowed to watch it without me anymore. Yes. I'm really good at stealing all your shows.
0: But this one I'm glad because it's fun to watch things like this with somebody. Yes. So what's, this show all about
1: uh so it's two guys ryan and shane and they go and uh explore either haunted things or things that have demons um mysterious disappearances or deaths um and so it's really interesting to see them do different kinds of things every episode so it keeps it kind of fresh and fun
0: Yes, so we've been watching Supernatural, but there's also one that's true crime, which you haven't seen yet, and they also did one on sports conspiracies, which is how I got into the show, because I was, uh, I'm still not over... The Sacramento Kings losing to the Lakers in game six that year. They they were absolutely robbed. And then I started watching a video <laughs> about someone who agrees with me. And then that led me into all of this. And then I was only on episode two of this, I think, when you joined in. There was a different host in the first episode. No, Shane.
1: Really? Yeah. I see there's a couple names. I'm just on the Wikipedia page. I see there's a couple different names. But I like um, Shane and Ryan Because Shane doesn't believe in ghosts at all Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, and just thinks it's ridiculous. But he clearly likes Ryan. Yes, And then Ryan is like a total believer. Like he is like 150% into the fact that ghosts are real, that they could like stumble across a ghost at any second, that like voodoo and witchcraft is like something not to be messed with. He always has holy water with him. In the most recent episode we watched, he had holy water in a water gun.
0: Just in case a demon comes. Just in
1: case a demon comes. And um, so it's kind of fun to see him kind of, freaking out and Shane not like really believing it but going along with him and uh yeah and all the kind of fun ghost hunting tools that they use.
0: So I really enjoy this too much to my surprise. And I've seen quite a few different kind of like ghost hunter shows mm-hmm. and I like this one better than pretty much all of them because it strikes a balance between how serious it should be and how much of a joke this whole thing is because it's hard for me to watch one of those ghost hunting shows where everyone believes and then you hear and everyone's like oh it said i'm gonna come murder you tomorrow yep that's what it said because that's clearly not what happened and when they're taking themselves so seriously i cannot in this one it is a very great balance because the guy who is like the believer has no arrogance to him or anything He's not one of those, like, neck-bearded, super aggressive ghost bouncer guys that you mm-hmm. get on a lot of shows. He's legitimately just terrified all the yeah. time. But the way he expresses this is usually through kind of, like, nervous laughter. But yeah. he's terrified all the time. And it is kind of funny to yeah. watch him be But that it's also, scared. like, cute. Yeah.
1: Because Shane, like,
0: supports him through it. Yeah. And the skeptic is, I thought early on I wouldn't be able to watch him because... It sounds very mean, but he has one of those faces that you're just like, oh, this guy.
1: <laughs> no good.
0: <laughs> and that is kind of his role on the show. But just to the extent that mine is on this show is to like kind of stick it to you yeah. and like make fun of the movie a little bit, but not be too mean. Unless it's like Bride Wars. Because <laughs> that deserves being mean.
1: He'll <laughs> never be the same after Bride Wars.
0: <laughs> so he doesn't antagonize him too much but he just is just not scared and he just doesn't believe the things so he goes like no that doesn't make any sense why would i think that's a ghost and he's pretty matter-of-fact and a, a little bit funny as well so the show is organized in a way where The believer guy is telling the stories about whatever happened to this place. And that is cut in with them going to the place. And sometimes they stay the night there or they do a tour around, Mm -hmm. something like that. And they're very in time from like 15 to 30-ish minutes for the most part. So they're Mm -hmm. nice short ones you can consume a couple of them and you actually do learn something not yeah. maybe learn in the sense of like a new skill but the way they present the information i do actually remember the things that yeah they're talking it's like about. historically
1: factual they've done their research and it's it is nice to kind of learn a little bit like oh i didn't know that about that state penitentiary that's interesting but yeah, it's it's fun, it's light, and it's uh, it's really easy to get sucked into it.
0: And it's spooky. Ooh.
1: We usually watch it with all the lights off.
0: Well, you have to. Yeah. So my question then: Do you believe in ghosts? Yes. Do you? Yeah. Tell me about that.
1: Um, my mom and I lived in a house that was very haunted. Um, and we think it was the ghost of the old lady who died in the house and he, this ghost, like I'd hear footsteps upstairs and I'd come upstairs and no one would be home. And, uh, I, I, you know like hear things outside my room at night things would move around um one time i they say that ghosts don't like change or like when people are like changing or moving or anything so we had suitcases out because we were going on a trip and uh there was this huge bang outside between the two bedrooms in the hallway and uh it was we assumed because we had been packing to go on this trip And it was, uh, yeah, it was very uh, obvious that there was something in the house that was uh, not happy that we were leaving.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: My mom also believes in ghosts, I think. But yeah, so that's definitely why I believe in ghosts, because I've lived with them. Indy, do you believe in ghosts?
0: I want to believe.
1: Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) I think if you go by, like, accounts like that, I probably have more accounts than most people because mm-hmm. I lived in that suicide house where somebody killed themselves and then the next people after that, there was a murder-suicide and then there was like lots of people who came to that house, saw lots of things and heard lots of things. I've told you those stories so we don't need to go into yes, them too much Yeah I have
1: heard them before. So that's why I think that you should be like the person who really believes in it.
0: And I filmed a movie in this very supposedly haunted place and we saw a lot of things and I saw things straight up just move Mm -hmm. so there's that but also like I'm kind of in this in the way of um I don't know what's analogous to it like a really rich guy who has like a pretty good life and then someone says like oh you only have that good life because your parents gave you all that money and you're like no 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 I clearly like Deserve it, yeah. but the more you think about it, the more you realize, oh no, wait a minute. So, I try not to think about it because I want to believe in ghosts, it's so much more fun. It is to l- live in a world where like spirits and things like that is real, is the world I want to live in. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that we do live in that world Aww. because everything is worse than I want it to be, and nothing's nearly as magical as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of don't if i had to like put money on it i don't but i want to very very much so i'm just gonna keep on watching my ghost shows (laughs) because i love them
1: i think one day you're gonna see something and you're gonna be like that happened to me i believe and then that's gonna be it
0: but i'd had to like talk to the ghost to be like really convinced or like see something because i've seen things move around on their own
1: i've seen like the outline of somebody like walking past me
0: but out of the corner of your eye or while you were waking up or going to sleep
1: i like out of the corner of my eye but it was also very cold and like i had a feeling like something wasn't right
0: see i want to believe that so much but like so many things out of the corner of your eye i, and like...
1: I know i know that like that's that's like kind of like kind of hard to you know believe or back up but i definitely think that like if you have this like Instant feel of like dread in your chest as something's walking past you and it's like icy cold. I think it's, I think it's real.
0: I'm glad I, I want to think that too.
1: Yeah. So check out BuzzFeed unsolved um yeah
0: the BuzzFeed show I know <laughs> I don't know how old it is so
1: funny so BuzzFeed unsolved started in 2016 and is still going
0: oh is it yeah oh, cool I assume this was very old for whatever reason no it's
1: not it's not that old but it's still happening which is great
0: and it's all available on YouTube for free for you to watch and there's a link in our show notes so you can watch all of these fun little spooky shorts
1: yeah and if you have amazon prime video it's also available
0: there i wish we could spend the whole episode talking about ghost stuff
1: yeah maybe we should just have like ghost episode at halloween
0: oh yeah just like our scary stories mm-hmm. or you should pick like a ghost movie and then if it's not good we could just talk about our own stuff instead
1: <laughs> <laughs> sounds good um so Indy, the reason we're all here what are we watching this week
0: well, actually, Samantha, do you have any guesses?
1: Um, I think it's going to be a Wong Kar Wai movie.
0: Yeah. I think
1: it's probably going to be King Express. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so, I think
1: you're about to tell me all about it.
0: As many of our listeners know, I've been trying to do King Express on here for a while. But I was waiting for this brand new Wong Kar Wai Criterion Collection Blu-ray box set to come yeah. out. And I finally got it. And I'm very happy I got it yesterday and I've already watched two of the movies over again.
1: Guys, Indy has been talking about this box set for literally six months.
0: I have purchased like pretty much no tangible objects in the last year Mm -hmm. because I've been pretty much off work with layoffs and stuff. I'm not really going anywhere. (laughs) So I don't buy any tangible things anymore. So this was my first big purchase in quite a while and I was very excited to get it. I gotta admit, the packaging, not a fan. But that's not what matters. It's that I get all of these movies that have been very hard to find and haven't been released in such good quality ever before. Really, I was thinking of doing my thing of the week is the box set and then pick the movie at the end.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that would be a very indie thing to do. (laughs) So
0: I just rewatched In the Mood for Love this morning and it's so much better than I even remember. It's so good. Oh. Oh, Tony Leung. What a heartthrob that guy was, huh? Mid 90s Tony Leung? I
1: don't, I don't know who that is.
0: <laughs> well, you're going to. <laughs> yes. So, as Samantha correctly guessed, my pick of the week is the Wong Kar Wai film, Chung King Express from 1994. I first saw this probably in like 2002 when I was a teenager, kind of getting into film and taking my first classes in university. And I loved it the very first time I saw it. I thought this was amazing. And I think for only the second time in the history of this podcast, I'm going to say I think this is one of my top 10 favorite movies ever. Ever? Yeah. I don't even think it's Wong Kar Wai's best movie. I'm not sure it's his best, but it's my favorite because it's it's very charming. It's an earlier one of his, so you can see it's not nearly as polished. It's very, very 90s. If you love the '90s, you're gonna like this movie, I think. <laughs> but it might not be his most well crafted. But I, I just love it. There is so much about it in the performances, in the music, and how it's shot that it all just comes together in a very unique way that feels very much of that time, and yet has like a very timeless message to it. That oh. this is one of my favorite movies I've ever seen.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: Wikipedia describes it as a romantic crime comedy drama. I don't know what that means. That's a lot of things. But it's uh, two stories. So I'll give a little bit of information for all of you out there, why you should watch it, but I won't ruin anything today, I promise. There's two stories that don't really link up, but we'll get into how they do or how they don't. And... They're kind of love stories. Most of Wong wais work is is romantic. That mm-hmm. seems to be the main plot in much of his work. Sometimes the romance is uh, allegorical for one thing or another, but that's kind of what it comes down to. It stars Takeshi Kineshiro, who was in Fallen Angels, House of Flying Daggers, Red Cliff. So he's a... I think he started off as kind of like a young like a heartthrob type guy but then oh. turned out to be like a really good solid actor and has had a very long career since oh good uh bridget lynn who is one of the older people in it she was in police story and ashes of time Faye Wong is uh, very young in this one and i think this might have been her film debut but she was like a pop star she's a singer oh and she actually sings a few of the songs in the movie in the soundtrack but she's acting in it as well oh
1: cool That's fun when they get to do multiple things. Mm -hmm.
0: And of course, it stars Tony Leung, who I've described as one of my top five favorite actors of all time. It's like Vincent Price, Tony (laughs) Leung, De Niro Pacino, Bill Murray, probably. Mm -hmm. I think that might be the five. Yeah. Uh, He was in Days of Being Wild, Hard Boiled, Happy Together, Bullet in the Head, In the Mood for Love, Hero, Infernal Affairs, Redcliffe. And now this year he's going to make his Hollywood debut. He's coming to America. What? And he is going to be the Mandarin in Shang Chi, the Marvel movie.
1: Oh, cool! So he's
0: going to be a Marvel guy now.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Is he going to get super ripped? Like
0: he's totally young. He doesn't have to.
1: Oh, he's already ripped.
0: Whatever he is, it's enough. Oh, okay. He was. He did play um, Ip Man in Grandmaster, so he's done kung fu movies before. Okay. So he's in at least good enough shape for that. But he's he's not a young guy anymore. So I believe he's going to be the teacher of the main hero. Yeah. I think. I'm not sure how they're going to do it. I have thoughts of what is actually going to happen. But I feel like I won't share them because I know the comic books. And I know who the Mandarin turns out to be kind of <laughs> so I don't want to say anything
1: okay okay
0: but anyway, I don't know <laughs> he's in a Marvel movie so that's pretty cool that's
1: pretty cool
0: I know I said I wasn't gonna watch any more Marvel movies in the theater but I didn't know they're gonna bring Tony Leung out so maybe I will for that
1: I want to see all the Marvel movies in the theater it's like the one time we go to theaters it used to be it's like yeah. once every six months we go see a Marvel movie and...
0: and I think this might be coming out in like September so maybe we'll be able to go back by then maybe hopefully
1: yeah. Someday we'll be vaccinated.
0: One day. One day. So this takes place in Hong Kong, which is a place that's very dear to my heart, I guess. I've only been there twice, but I, I really enjoyed Hong Kong. And it a lot of it takes place in and around the Chungking Mansions, mm-hmm. which do you know what that is? No. It's one <laughs> large complex, one building. And the building has about 2,000 rooms to it. How so, would it's you clean that it's huge. it just sounds huge. it is. it's it's so big. It's also like a death trap. If that thing burns down, like everyone's gonna die. Yeah, how you would can't you get, get out in of and that? Out. the elevators, there's always a line for the elevators. Oh. I actually stayed there when I went to Hong Kong the first time, and I got myself a little room that was six feet by six feet and <laughs> a I, cell.
1: Yeah, you got yourself a cell, and
0: I know it's that big because I'm exactly six feet. And my, feet and head touched the walls when i laid down (laughs) and that six by six also included a shower and a toilet it's all in there
1: that sounds cozy
0: it was it was something luckily i didn't spend much time in my hotel there But I was reading about it today and Wikipedia describes Chunking Mansions as being known to be a center of drugs as well as a refuge for petty criminals, scammers, and illegal immigrants.
1: Oh, like you? Yeah. A scammer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was just scamming everyone over there. I didn't realize it had like such a... uh, negative connotation because I'd only seen it in Chunking Express, which I take as a very romantic and beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. So I was very excited to stay there. And then I got there and it's uh, much less exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if I can really do a trailer for us to watch because it's all in Mandarin and Cantonese, or most of the trailers are just music so it won't really work for the podcast right but what I'm gonna do is I'll show Samantha the trailer not for this movie but rather for the Wong Kar Wai box set okay because I feel like the trailers don't encapsulate the mood and if there's one thing you can say about Wong Kar Wai is that there is a very distinct look and mood to his films right he's
1: a big mood guy
0: he's a big mood guy (laughs) <laughs> Big on the mood. Big
1: on the mood. Juan Carwai.
0: I almost want to talk about people who are going to criticize already and like argue with them because I think you could say a lot of his stuff, people think it's more stylish and mm-hmm. less of a true auteur. Like he's not making everything, he's not being a true author of all parts of this but rather he's just a average filmmaker who puts something stylish on the screen Mm -hmm. and I think you could say that about some of his work. Sometimes the style is like a little too much and it almost takes me away from the story but I definitely don't think that's the case with Chunking Express. So I'm going to show Samantha this trailer. You won't be able to hear much. You can hear a little bit of music but I'll put a link to it in the show notes for all of you out there. So what does this look like to you?
1: Um, it looks like a foreign film, but it also looks very colorful and, like, fun.
0: Yeah, I think there is a lot of fun to it. There's a lot of romance, but there's still lighthearted stuff. And then there's occasional, like, blasts of violence. Yeah, It's just kind of all over the place, but I don't want to make it sound like it's scattered.
1: All the things.
0: So for people out there, if you're like, I don't know, why do I need to watch this movie? Here's my pitch of why you should. I'm not gonna to talk to you about how it's like amazing and great, because I think it is clearly. I think it's one of my favorite movies ever, but I think a lot of the movies I say are great, like um The Shining and Raging Bull, they're not mm-hmm. easy watches. No. It's work and it's like I'm putting this on tonight, I need to be in the right set of state of mind to do it, right? Yes. Chunking Express shares more in common with a romantic comedy than it does with a crime drama hmm, okay so there's a lot of romantic comedy elements I think it's a very funny movie at least one of the two storylines is pretty funny and the other one's funny in a different way mm-hmm. but I think it's an easier watch than people might expect if you're not familiar with the movie because not all of Wong Kar stuff is as light actually very little of it is oh okay. so it's Fun and vibrant and yeah, I do think it gets into postmodernism and the fluidity of identity and how like no true individual exists anymore, or perhaps ever did. But it's also a romantic comedy. Hmm. So if you're not sure about watching it, it's like ninety eight minutes, it's not super long, there's fun musical montages and romance and comedy, so I think a lot of people might find it more accessible than they think.
1: Okay, great. And that's
0: another great reason why I'm showing you this one first, because we will do more Wong Kar Wai eventually. But this is a good gateway in. It was kind of his big breakout film and mm. was one of his first commercially successful ones and with good reason. But I think it's one that you can easily get into.
1: Okay, good. I'm excited to watch this. You've been talking about it for months. I'm uh, I'm, I'm ready to do it.
0: I just hope it's not like disappointing now because I have been waiting for this for so long. You have.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be sad for you if it's disappointing.
0: Well, I owned it on DVD already. Oh, okay. So I, I've seen it. I've probably only seen it three times. So I'm confident in what I think about it. Yeah. But what you think about it <laughs> is what we have to worry about now.
1: True, true. Okay, well, we will see you next week when we talk about Chunking Express.
0: Yeah, and you can watch it on MUBI, the M-U-B-I, which is some app that apparently people have. It's on there. It's also on a website called AsianMoviesOnline.com.
1: Oh. You can
0: check that out. Or you can look in that drive in our show notes oh, and you can watch drive. it in there as well. I'm not sure which v- version I'll be able to get to you if it's the new one because they changed the aspect ratio. So I haven't seen the new one with the changed aspect ratio. Oh. So that'll so be interesting. So it's like for
1: bigger screen TVs?
0: No, it's actually more like a traditional, like older stuff. It's not 1.85. It's a 1.66, I believe. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that on the next one. (laughs) Excellent. So grab a can of pineapple and make sure you watch Chungking Express. A can of
1: pineapple?
0: Oh, you'll you'll see. Oh, you can't eat pineapple. I am gonna need a can of pineapple to watch this movie. Okay. And if you plan on watching it, I suggest you get one as well, or like a um, chef salad, but I would say can of pineapple.
1: (laughs) Okay, we'll see you next week with your can of pineapple. Bye, everyone. freaking out, and Shane, Sean? Shane. Shane.
0: Sean?
1: Shane. And Shane not...